The biggest rugby tournament of the year is coming to a Green King pub near you. Watch all the unmissable action live as Europe's top six battle it out for glory in the Six Nations tournament. In and out, in and out, for the line! Leave your rivalries at the door and get the team together to watch the Six Nations. Feel the excitement and the buzz of coming together to enjoy matchday food and drink at your nearest Green King sports pub. Scores in the corner! The Six Nations and Green King. 18 plus, drinkaware.co.uk. Hi, it's Alfie here, the presenter of The Ruck. Before we get to this week's episode, I want to tell you about Funding Circle. Funding Circle backs small and medium UK businesses with simple, competitive business finance. They've supported over 90,000 British businesses with £12 billion in finance since 2010. So if you're looking to overcome challenges or push your business forward, Funding Circle provides finance that backs you and your business to succeed. And for that reason, they've teamed up with Saracens and England hooker Jamie George. Visit FundingCircle.com to find out how Jamie is growing his business backed by Funding Circle. Funding Circle, business finance that backs you. Hello everybody, this is The Ruck. We're coming to you from the shores of the Indian Ocean in Umschlange Rocks near Durban. And that's true. Uh, we're from our Umschlange studios. I'm joined by Owen Slot of The Times, Stuart Barnes of The Times and Sky Sports, and Nick Kane of The Rugby Paper. I think you'd agree, at least two really top operators. And it's been a great weekend of sport. There's been a magnificent event here called the Comrades Marathon, where people have run 56 miles from Peter Maritzburg to Durban. And it is one of the biggest sporting events in South Africa. And Stuart, you took part in it today. Um, just like some anecdotes of what must have been a brutal experience. Yeah, it's a while since I've um, done more than about 28 miles in a day. Um, I was worried about the training. There were a couple of um, hills coming out of Peter Maritzburg that really tested me a bit, but... Uh, the thought of having to be here for the ruck just kept me going. And sometimes, you know that pain barrier you get when 10% to go? I just got through it. And uh, the great news is, in, in our hotel, the Protea, there's a lot of other people, even older than me, who finished it ahead of me. So that was an incentive to keep going. But I'm very proud of my efforts today, yes. Uh, there's the, the Comrades Marathon. If, if you haven't seen it or, or read about it, you should do, because it is an amazing achievement by Stuart to do it. It was downhill this year. Next year, it, it is the reverse of the course. Steve, could I also say, of course, I um, wrote my column for the uh, Times Monday at about mile six, between mile six and nine. I have to say it read like it, but anyway. Um, it, it is downhill all the way this year, which apparently is more difficult than the uphill leg, which it is next year, because it makes your calves go. Now, there's also been some rugby, and frankly, a magnificent match at Emirates Airline Park, which known to us and loved by us as Ellis Park. South Africa, England, in one of the most remarkable matches there's been. Some people thought it was like basketball, but there was some great attacking rugby. But at the end of the day, England lost and have lost five in a row, or four if you don't count the Barbarians game. I'm not sure why you wouldn't count it. Nick Kane, what should we be thinking about, and how do we look back on the game? Was it a majestic occasion, or was it uh, more misery for England than Eddie Jones? 
Well, it was both. It was a majestic occasion. Uh, Ellis Park has got a, uh, a very intense atmosphere. It wasn't quite full yesterday, but even so, the expectation around this new rainbow Springbok side was, you know, was very, very great. And they rose to the occasion. Having been, you know, buried in the first 20 minutes, they dug themselves out of it, and they dug themselves out of it in style. Stuart, um, uh, from the analytical point of view, if we leave aside all the, the political and social and humanist uh, connotations, England have lost again. Should they be getting more and more depressed, or was it just one of those days? Well, it can't be just one of those days when it's the fifth on the trot. That's obvious. Um, you know, I said before this tour, Steve, it's not just about winning these matches. And Eddie Jones, of course, before the tour, said it's about winning 3-0, so that one's gone up in smoke. I thought there were parts of England's games that were better than anything we saw in a long time. I thought the back play for 20 minutes is the best since they played against Scotland and would be a match for anything in the world. Um, so that's an area of England's game where there is improvement. So it's not total depression. Having said that, um, you know, God, if, if you're an England back and, and you're behind a pack that is so un-English in its drive, determination and ability to control a game... You would be depressed, uh, and I felt the England uh, kicking game and their defensive rush game was pretty dreadful. So something was excellent, an awful lot was poor. Oh, in 24-3 um, up at one stage, we're all thinking, blame me, this is going to be the most embarrassing day in South African history. Now, Stuart's mentioned some of the good things. Should we be just forgetting that 24-3 and, and, the, and the great rugby they played? Because at the end of the day, it's what's on the scoreboard at the end. Um... We, I think England will be hanging on to that 24-3 and, and what created it because that's the only thing they have to feel good about themselves. But the, the, the problem is that once, once they got a little bit tested, they just regressed to what we'd seen before and became kind of like... I mean, it was, it was nothing like any Six Nations game, but they started making mistakes like they were back in the Six Nations. They, 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 they just didn't know what to do at the breakdown and then they started panicking because they couldn't win the ball back so more players went into the breakdown and then they didn't have enough defenders and so they conceded tries and then and then they tried to put it right and they, they sort of their problems escalated as as they tried to solve them they they couldn't adapt which is what they needed to do they're going to go back and they go they're going to they're going to think all all the training and the thinking that we did to put the six nations problems right have come back to haunt us again Stuart um Faf de Klerk. positive enough that's that's extremely positive. Um, slightly sitting on the fence, but okay. Stuart um, Fafter Clerk, uh, we knew at Sale that he was a uh, a guy who inspired them. Did we know he was as good as he played yesterday? Well, he was brilliant yesterday, but that doesn't mean he's a world class player. It might have been a one off. He's no furry de Priya, but he had a fantastic game. Before the match, I was doing some stuff, some work for Supersport with Joel Stransky. And uh, Joel and I were of the opinion that Fafter Clerk was a, a weakness in this team, which shows you how much Joel and I know. But um, how many different people are you working for out here? Four. Can you, Nick, can you can you beat that for name dropping Joel Stransky? I was with Nelson Mandela a few years ago. I don't think I can beat that. Can you? Were you were you uh, working with anyone of any great fame yesterday? Yes, I was working uh, alongside Clinton Vandenberg, who I think uh, brings. Uh, a uh, backroom capacity to uh, helping Barnsley do his job. I, do, I, I, I know you've always been a lover of Fury Dupree in the sport, purely sporting sense. 
but my goodness, De Klerk was so. What, what would you have given for for Eddie? Eddie's on about England reacting and 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 and, and having a sort of brain power. They've even brought in a professor of brain power to help them. Yeah. My God, his reactions were, were electric, weren't they? So fast. I mean. It's former fly half to have a nine inside you who's so quick on the surface, so decisive in his passing, and his speed of, of, of foot as well as brain was great. He held England, he tied them in. Um, he was magnificent on the day. I'm just saying, you know, Fouille Dupree had a, 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 such a body of work, you think no one could get near him. On this day, it was fantastic, but one has to say, was he quite as good? And this is my worry, international level, or was he playing on a fast ground of Ellis Park? And he's against an England back row that was not moving, that was cement. And, and I, I'm sorry, but every time England play, either on a fast ground or against a team like the Barbarians, South Africa, or dare I say in a World Cup, New Zealand, once you get over third gear, England are going to be found out. They're going to give penalties away. They're going to make errors. The whole thing is built. It's all linked together. And it goes far. The game gets faster. England make mistakes. They can't handle the pace. They have to make changes now. Slotty, you, you were eager to jump in there. I, I am eager to jump in, and here I jump. No, I just, want, I just wanted to um, ask Stuart a little bit more about one Dupree versus the other, uh, because it, it seems to me that the, the, the faff element is not just his brilliance on the ball, but it's the personality that he brings. Fouré Dupree was kind of an introvert who was a, a brilliant player, mm. whereas Faf just likes to shove it in the opposition face. He, he, he torments them, doesn't he? And I think that's why why Marrow had such a uh, a um, such a hard game because he wanted to snuff the life out of him, and every time he challenged him, he came off worse. Nick, we're talking about talisman of the team. I agree with Owen that Faf de Klerk was was um, the talisman of South Africa. He was the guy who got them back when they were twenty four three down. The England talisman Marrow told you seemed to me to come off second best and to actually be distracted into giving away penalties and trying to be the boss and trying to be verbal and trying to knock people around, it didn't succeed. It's very interesting because um, the week before England departed, um, we spoke to Marrow and he highlighted the importance of them, uh, of them not giving uh, penalties away and the way that indiscipline had, uh, had undermined them. De Klerk, when he scored his try just before it, Itoji, I think, slipped, fell over somebody's leg or something of the sort, but missed him completely. And De Klerk let him know immediately afterwards as he, as he went away. That got in Itoji's head. He, then there was the, uh, you know, the high tackle on De Klerk, and uh, the, then Mako went for him as well. So the, the, the talisman of the England side managed to uh, he managed to get under their skin no question Marrow was the postman at the ruck which uh, Nkosi had set up and the postman as coaches always say you must stay there no matter what yeah. Marrow tried to come round tried to tap the dived, ball yeah. he dived over and, Fa and Faf went straight through the gap and actually as I've said in the Times today and that's the Times not the, not the Sunday Times that if, 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 if Marrow if that not, not had not been the try Marrow would have been sin bin for trying to kill the to kill the ball. Can we just go back to what Stuart said though about England for England forward play? Nick, you, you're a great scrummaging man and a great lover of of like myself of of the the close game and and the hard game and the scrummaging game. Do you think that is that fair to say that Nick that you are a great scrummaging man? I mean, <laughs> well, I played in the back row, so I wouldn't have said that I was I was a scrum technician of any uh, of any of any note at all. But I'm very, very interested, obviously, in the cohesion 
that you need and the, 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 the power and the, the grit that you need. And at the moment, England do not appear to have it. Their forwards are not hitting any contact with the venom that they need to. Um, you saw a, a debutant Springbok lock, R.G. Snayman, go at it like there was no tomorrow, you know, 60-meter gallop like a giraffe. England, in all departments, in, in the back row, in terms of the driving mall, there has been no fix on their failures from the uh, from the Six Nations. Uh, Stuart, you, you you wouldn't be described as a scrummaging guru, or, or really you, d you don't don't like scrummaging all that much. But surely England should worry as as the as the with their heritage of forward play, when the South Africans have got what third choice hooker, second choice props, and 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 De Jager and uh, Elizabeth weren't there, surely England should have put the finger on them. Whereas, in fact, as the game went on, and as the bench came on, they really struggled. Oh, listen, Steve, you know, you could be an aficionado of back play, but that means you've got to appreciate forward play, because without good quality forward ball, you're struggling. And England, you know, you looked at the selection of this side, I think they've got a problem. They're thinking about their dynamism in the loose, they don't think about the set-piece first. Carl Sinclair has proved himself so far in his career to be a very handy guy to come off the bench with a little cameo. He got pasted. And I was really surprised when England picked him because I thought Harry Williams is a far more solid scrummager and what England needed was a foundation. They didn't have a foundation. South Africa did. And that was one of the reasons why de Klerk was able to make England look such a bunch of fools. Stuart, philosophy of of uh, selection. We saw Dwayne Vermeulen and some of the Foreign Legion coming back. What, how do you read that? Well, if Faf de Klerk was English, he wouldn't have played because there was a ruling in place. You know, Faf de Klerk, the, the ruling says if you haven't played 30 caps for South Africa, you are not allowed to come. You have to have played more than 30 to come back. Vermeulen and Willie LaRue both fit into this category. He's got 10 caps and yet Razi Erasmus said, I don't have a scrum half good enough to take me to the World Cup. I need this man. Contrast that with England and their French rule when there have been times in the last four or five years when England could have done with certain players when they've said, I'm really sorry, he plays in France, we can't do it. You have to have some flexibility there if you wish your international team to go well. And, and I thought Razi Erasmus, by forcing um, Saru to say, I need this guy desperately, was a real triumph for him in a way that England put their hands up and say, oh, he's in France, we can't pick him. I to totally agree with that, uh, Stuart. And, you know, I think Wales is the most ludicrous when you get a guy moving to Bath and he's closer to Cardiff than he ever was at, at the Scarlets and then he suddenly can't play. Nick, uh, big issue yesterday, um, um, Brad Shields came on um, none of us had ever seen him play. Well, sorry, we we'd not seen much of him live, but this great figure came on wearing the wearing the red rose, who probably hardly ever been to England, certainly never played in England. Uh, how did you feel when he came on wearing the white jersey? Um, I'm not one of those who uh, who who feels that Shields has no right to be playing for England. There is at the moment there is around eligibility. There is a total and utter mess. He, both his parents are English and they now reside in England. He hasn't played in England yet, but he will for Wasps, and he might play there for, who knows, you know, five, six, seven, eight seasons. He might see the rest of his time out in England and probably will. 
But a guy who's come over, uh, he didn't even interrupt his super rugby career to get here early. And then after the test here, he's going straight back to play super rugby. Is there no anomaly there at all? I, I, I guess there is an anomaly, but I don't know what the legal strictures are around the contract that he's got in New Zealand. And as far as I know, nor does anybody else at the moment. OK, um, Owen, let's get to the serious aspect of this. Big Nick of Saracens was t was taken off and hauled off in the first half. Was clearly tearful. You felt very bad for him. Owen, where do you stand on that? Was Eddie making a clear and intelligent tactical decision, or do we not have the right to expect that people who play for England should have been judged properly before the game? Hmm. Uh, oh, what a question! <laughs> He's completely stuffed. No, seriously, Steve. Good question. The sun's just setting, by the way. You've finally come up with one. If a coach has the balls to say, early in a game, I've made an error, then that has to be commended. And the fact, the fact, the reason it's rare is because so, so few coaches prepare to do that. Because if you've said I've made a mistake, then you're taking the responsibility upon yourself. That doesn't mean it's not phenomenally hard on the young man. And we've seen, we've seen Eddie do it twice before. He did it to Luther Burrell and he did it to Tamar Harrison. And on both occasions... It seemed to affect the flow of the game, and England won both those test matches, Australia two years ago. On this occasion, did it work? No. Six nations and six amazing chances to win an unforgettable adventure for you and five mates in a Six Nations European host city of your choice. To take part, enter online now at greenking.co.uk slash rugby. Six nations, six mates and six international rugby getaways worth £3,000. Scrum down and sign up to win at greenking.co.uk slash rugby and watch all the Six Nations action live at your local Green King pub. Terms and conditions apply 18plusdrinkaware.co.uk. Open wide and tuck in to Spooning with Mark Wogan, the brand new visualized podcast where Mark takes you on a unique culinary journey, blindfolded. With a dollop of lighthearted chat, a spoonful of hilarious blindfolded food tasting, and a sprinkle of top-tier guests like Jimmy Carr, Claudia Winkleman, and Joe Wicks. In partnership with Gressingham Duck, download their free recipe booklet for tips to dine in with Duck. Check out delicious new episodes of Spooning with Mark Wogan every Thursday. The Ruck Podcast is proud to be sponsored by Funding Circle and Saracens, British and Irish Lions and England hooker Jamie George is with me to explain how Funding Circle are supporting small and medium-sized UK businesses because, Jamie, you, as well as being a rugby player, are also a small business owner. Yeah, I own a business with uh, a good school friend of mine, Rhys Carter. It's called Carter and George. We're a physiotherapy business. Uh, we've been up and running for about six years now and sort of our strap line is delivering the same level of care I get as a professional sportsman to the general public. If you're looking to improve different parts of your business or hire talent with extra know-how, Funding Circle provides finance that backs you and your business to succeed. Jamie, you want to do the sign-off for us? Absolutely. Funding Circle, business finance that backs you. Visit FundingCircle.com to find out how I'm growing my business backed by Funding Circle. There have been many tours when there's been doom and gloom after the first test match. A lot of Lions tours, but then the touring team bounce back when they, get, when they get things together. Next game is at altitude, but not as high as Joburg. It's in Bloemfontein. Stuart, um, you're, you're Eddie Jones. Um, and what do you do? Wh where do you look to turn this around? Because 
2-0 down and then you're really in disaster mode. You focus first of all on your set piece. It's the foundations and that means Harry Williams starts. It means Sinclair goes back to being what he has to be, impact. It means Launchbury hopefully will be fit. He comes in alongside Toje. They've got some balance then. It means that Brad Shields starts at six because on the fast grounds of Bloemfontein, Chris Robshaw is going to get run off his feet again and England can't afford that. With a decent set piece, England have a back line that can do damage. We know that and I think they will. I think they're very capable. But they have to work this week on their kicking strategy. It seems a long time ago since England beat Wales and we praise the quality of their tactical kicking. Young's I would leave out. I think he's just not playing well enough. I would get Ford, Farrell, Daly and uh, Slade working hard on their kicking and try and put, Sarah, uh, put South Africa on the back foot. Those are the components in place. And you know they didn't lose by that many. They had the winning of the game there. If they get their kicking strategy right... Oh, and the other thing I mentioned earlier, of course, their defence... I mean, Paul Gustard has either got to pull his finger out of his derriere now or he might as well go home because he is having a negative effect on England. Four, what is it? How many tries? 14 in their last two games? They cannot afford to go on. I mean, if, if they don't get the defence right, everything we've said, I've said, anything you may say now is irrelevant. They will lose. Nick, 1-0 uh, down at South Africa probably will be improving all the time because, they, you know, they're just getting together. They may have other players available. Have England got a chance, and what do they do? They do have a chance. Of course, they have a chance, and they and, and they really they they should win this test. Uh, it's backs to the wall for them, and they should they have the capacity to win the test. They showed that in the opening stanza of this uh, of this last one. Thing about the complete sort of rotation in selection that bothers me is that I'm not I, I'm not convinced that Harry Williams finished the the season. At a, at, a, at a gallop, he was injured uh, towards the end of the season. I, you know, Sinclair's performances for the Lions, they were off the bench, but they were in the red heat, and he held up in the red heat, and he did so well. I'm not sure that jettisoning him, him straight away without giving him a chance to, to, uh, to, to nail it back is the right thing. As far as the second row is concerned, I didn't think that Launchbury had a great end to the season either. I don't think he's had a great season overall. He started reasonably well. I'd, my, my instinct would be to give Hill the opportunity to play with Itoji. I would definitely put Shields where he ought to be, which is on the blind side, rather than trying to retread him as a lock in his, in his uh, opening test. Um, Curry, I felt, needed to be stronger over the ball. He needs to be, he, you know, I mean, it, he's a work in progress. There's, there's nothing you can do about Curry, though, is there? No. Um, as in, there's, there's not an alternative. They've got to stick with him at the moment. They have to stick with Curry right now until Underhill gets back, who is stronger over the ball, but remains a massive worry. We should... Nick, I'm surprised you say that, but Kyle Sinclair, I really love the guy and like him in the loose, but I thought he got, gave away a lot of penalties, he collapsed a lot, and I, I think he actually was penalised far fewer times than he, than he should have been. Agree with that. I, I think there's a there's a real dilemma at tight head because, as you say, Harry Williams hardly played in the latter part of the season because he was injured. So you got that dilemma of, of Williams who hasn't played much, but would appear to be a better scrummager versus Sinclair, who in a in a looser game can be fantastic, but he 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 was poor in the scrum. Oh, Owen, would you say that the scrummaging guru Nick Kane has completely lost it? <laughs> He's not far off losing it. I mean, when did he last? How how then do you explain Sinclair's ability to hold up in the red 
heat of a Lions series and to do well scrummaging-wise against the All Blacks? It was the last 20. Last, last 30, actually, on occasions. 25, certainly. And 25 minutes in, in that sort of environment, you get found out if you're not good enough. But Nick, surely, against the reserve front row, an England tight-head prop has got to be better than that. The bloke opposite him has got nearly 100 caps and is, you know, has been a very, very formidable operator in his time. I think he's, he's disappearing over the brow, and maybe Sinclair will get the opportunity to prove something. Stuart, the, the mental scars, will there be any? It's easy for Eddie Jones to say we should have won. In fact, I think Nick said they should have won. I thought, actually, the, 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 the final score misrepresented the game. I thought South Africa, from the 20-odd minute, were always going to win. You can turn it around, but it's not easy. I mean, we have seen it in the past, but it's the same two teams effectively. South Africa, we expect to get better. And England will know they had the game and they will know they lost it. And what's crucial here is not just this game, it's the previous um, four matches. Winning is a habit, and when you get that habit, you can play quite badly and win. And that's what Eddie Jones has had England doing for a long time. Losing is a habit, and you can play quite well, as England did for 20 minutes, and find yourself losing because it's it, what is in your head. Um, I think Owen Farrell, I overheard him in, in the uh, tunnel giving an interview to someone or other, and he was saying, they said, what can you do to turn it round? And Farrell said, we've got to believe in ourselves, which is just a glib nothing. But then he said, no, we've got to truly believe in ourselves. And that belief isn't telling people like Owen Slot, Nick Kane, Steve Jones and Stuart Barnes, yes, we can do it. Anyone can say that. There's a massive difference. You know, I played in a team bath for 10 years. We weren't very good some of the time, but we believed. And that takes you to places. Now the question is for this young England team is do they have that belief? And I tell you now, when you've had that lead and you've lost a game and you've now lost five on the trot, that is asking a lot. This game, I think, as much as anything, is psychological for and England. I'm sure that as a Bath captain at that time, if your forwards had been giving away the sort of, you know, dumb penalties that England did for a large part of the period where, where they were out of the game, you would have had something to say about it. And very sharpish, did Farrell. Um, oh, oh, in um, a bittersweet day, the sweetness was really in the transformation uh, day for South Africa and it, it's a huge thing for them and some of the guys of, of colour came in and played really well the tragedy and the disaster and the pain was the lack of Wi-Fi how did you <laughs> how did you cope with this shock, the, one of the biggest sporting stadiums in the world, there was no Wi-Fi, no bo mobile phones did you take it in your stride? Well I think the question, does the result actually stand if the Wi-Fi goes down in the modern age? Well in my opinion no, but what what do you think? Well, I think there's there's grounds for, for for replaying the game on 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 that account. We we couldn't give people the score or tell what tell anyone was going on, and maybe that's why the England players stuttered a bit because they knew that no one at home could find out what was going maybe on. On the bench, they didn't know the score. Stuart, you 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 are so um, fond of the Irish, you could almost be Irish yourself. Your boys um, lost lost to Australia, uh, the, a, a previously feeble Australian team, but quite quite seriously. Have we just segued on? That's a word, isn't it? We can use segued. Yeah. Segued. Have we just segued onto the Ireland game? Well, we've moved on. I don't know if we segued, but that, that, that seamlessly. It was seamless until you. <laughs> you expect to come up with a link, Stuart? Um, I dimly remember Ireland, Ireland losing. Um, 
not good for Ireland, but is it is that good for Australia and good for the World Cup in that there are signs of, of Checker and his boys coming through? I'd never had any doubt that Australia would bounce back. Michael Checker, I still rate as one of the best coaches in the world. They weren't that bad last year. They weren't as far away as people thought. What impressed me about Australia was the intensity of the game. We had a lot of points in Ellis Park, Johannesburg, but we didn't have the intensity of the hit as we saw in that match between Australia and Ireland. Ireland didn't play badly, but what I found, what was interesting, Australia are a team who can keep ball like Ireland. Now, they kept ball and they did a little bit more with that ball, a little bit more inventive. And it raised real questions about Ireland and having to take their game on again. As for Australia, no question marks, they're back. And we knew they would be building towards Japan. Uh, oh, in um, South Africa won on the weekend, Australia won. Both teams have been really, really, really struggling by their own high standards. Did the World Cup become much more of a, of a proposition and much more exciting on the weekend with those two victories? <clears throat> Absolutely, and and that's that's what the game needed. The idea that we could go to Japan in a year's time and and have a week South Africa and a week Australia would just be disappointing. Um, albeit that it might help the European nations uh, considerably. You've got you've got those two coming strong. I I think despite the result in in New Zealand, you've got France coming strong as well. And uh, the Jaguares in the Super Rugby have had a very good year. So if if you're then relating that to the World Cup, then talking about groups and groups of death it ain't looking too happy for England Nick um, we, we used to um, um, New Zealand um, having carte blanche from the referees now this weekend uh, a French player had a double fracture of the skull there was no yellow cards the only yellow card was in my opinion a miserable non-yellow card uh, uh, flourished by the English referee are the Kiwis still getting away with all sorts of offences because the referees are in awe of them yeah, they're not just in awe of them, they're intimidated by them. They're intimidated by Steve Hansen, who makes, you know, referee uh, coddling and manipulation part of, his, uh, part of his overall act and has done since he's been in the job. Uh, I get fed up with it. I've, you know, I mean, the, the favourable treatment that they get means that very often when people play them, it is not a level playing field. Occasionally, you get somebody who actually grasps the nettle, and then there's all hell to pay when, when, when he does, because the Kiwis, you know, as we all know, they're not the best losers around. Uh, Stuart, um, uh, we've had a great week, weekend's rugby. I've been down on Test Rugby, but it's been magnificent this last weekend. Next weekend, all the teams that lost are now going to come back with a kind of killer mentality to get back in the series. More exciting, really, than, than ever? As exciting as ever. Probably the fact that Australia and South Africa won just makes this 2018 June a little bit special. Yes, it does. Um, there's so many subplots there. Um, I think we're going to be due a really big game in Bloemfontein. I, I think England are not as far from being a good team as we've said. They've got things to sort out, but if they could sort one or two out, they've got opportunities to be very good. Ireland will start with Johnny Sexton. They'll start with uh, Furlong. That will change them. But Australia are not a bad team. Um, France, I can't see them getting close to the All Blacks. By the way, I'd, I'd, I would disagree with Nick. Um, I wouldn't put it down to Steve Hansen. I'd put it down to the fact that uh, New Zealand have been so dominant for so long that subconsciously every referee who goes there thinks New Zealand are better. Therefore, they end up getting the decisions. It is the Alex Ferguson Old Trafford syndrome. So Nick's absolutely right. They get the rub of the green. But I, I don't think it's Steve Hansen. I think it's been like this forever. But New Zealand aside, yeah, it, this is... Uh, 
very, very good time for international rugby at the moment. Owen, we'll give you the last word. Uh, England f- uh, followers are pretty down at the moment. Do you, th- do you sense that Bloemfontein is going to be uh, at least the, the, the end of a, of a slide, maybe the start of a revival? Well, I'm interested. So, so, so far on this excellent podcast, Nick has said that he thinks England will win uh, in Bloemfontein. I, th- I thought you said, well, a, a light, you, you're backing to win. I, I said should win. Barnes, you said you thought that England are very close to winning. I, I thought England were extremely close on Saturday, but the fact that they let it get so out of their grasp and, and seem to rewind to the Six Nations makes it a very hard call, and the psychology is more against them. So I feel less positive than you two for, for England to win. I, I just hope they do, because well, we talked about the World Cup and we want England to compete in that. I don't think anyone really wants England to just continue spiralling downwards. I think Wales and Argentina do. Obviously, if they do win, the series is then alive um, going into Cape Town, which is exactly what we want. Steve, thanks for saying that I could have the last word, but um, I think you should. So, so first of all, read us at the Times tomorrow. We'll see a new byline that's never, ever appeared in the Times, the Daily Times before. That is correct, and I really enjoyed the relative ease, comfort, easy life of being a, a Monday journalist for the first time. We've sat round near the Indian Ocean all day while you Daily guys... No pressure, no deadlines, Wi-Fi available, drinks available, waiters available. It's an easy life. I wish I'd chosen it many years ago. Thanks for listening to the Ruck Podcast. We're delighted to be teaming up with Funding Circle. And Funding Circle Ambassador Jamie George is with me. All right, Jamie? Hello. Hello. How are you? All good. Good, good. So away from Saracens and England duty, you are a business owner and Funding Circle is a huge supporter of small and medium sized UK businesses. How have they helped you? Yeah, so uh, I've got a business with a friend of mine. It's a physiotherapy business, effectively delivering the same level of care I get as a professional sportsman to the general public. And we've been looking to expand and grow the business as quickly as we can. And with the financial products that Funding Circle have done, we wouldn't have been able to do it without them. So Funding Circle has been supporting small businesses with access to the finance they need to grow since 2010. And they know that like rugby, running a business takes hard work, drive and a good team supporting you. If you want to invest in your business and take your team to the next level, Funding Circle provides finance that backs you and your business to succeed. Visit FundingCircle.com to find out how Jamie is growing his business backed by Funding Circle. Jamie, can you do the honours? Funding Circle. Business finance that backs you. The biggest rugby tournament of the year is coming to a Green King pub near you. Watch all the unmissable action live as Europe's top six battle it out for glory in the Six Nations tournament. In and out, in and out, for the line! Leave your rivalries at the door and get their team together to watch the Six Nations. Feel the excitement and the buzz of coming together to enjoy matchday food and drink at your nearest Green King sports pub. Scores in the corner! The Six Nations and Green King. 18 plus, drinkaware.co.uk. 